0: Welcome to the Houseman Financial Podcast. I'm Trudy Hausman. This podcast was created to help our clients and their families answer confusing money questions simply. We know smart families talk about money. Today, we're going to talk about investment risk. When we mention investment risk, almost everyone thinks of market risk, the idea that the stock market goes up and down and that your investment might go along with it. You also might be worried that the market will just keep going down. I hear, we're going to war, oh no, or my guy lost the election, is the economy going to go to hell? Or, I love this one, Elon Musk tweeted, do I need to worry? But as investment professionals and certified financial planners in particular, our job is to understand the whole range of risks associated with investing. Once defined, our job is to evaluate the potential impact of each kind of risk and determine how to address it. It might be through elimination mitigation, compensation, or in some cases, acceptance. These strategies have to be flexible in order to adapt to how relevant each type of risk is under current market conditions. Here's a rundown of the five major types of risk and how we address them. The first is business-specific risk. We all remember Enron, one of the most profitable companies in the country and its dramatic rise and subsequent crash. But what about General Motors, Sears, Lehman Brothers, Lucent, or Washington Mutual? These are all Fortune 500 companies that blew up. One of the risks specific to investing in individual securities, be it stocks or bonds, is the idea of business or entity risk. In the case of bonds specifically, it's often called credit risk. Will this company be downgraded? How will that affect the value of the company's bonds? In the case of stocks, the issue is more critical. Will a company survive? Will it be profitable? Will I lose all my money? Investment professionals eliminate most of this risk through diversification. You may wonder why generic newsletters often tout individual stocks while your financial planner recommends more sedate mutual funds. Advisors are able to eliminate the possibility of losing all your money due to a failed company. This doesn't mean that one or two companies in a portfolio won't fail, but by owning a variety of companies, no such failures risk your livelihood. Among professionals, this is probably the easiest to explain and the easiest to avoid. The second type of risk is market risk. This is the most common one associated with investing in stocks, but it's also the most misunderstood. Market risk, or the risk that the stock market or even the real estate market for that matter, might go down and impact the value of your investment is in reality, a timing risk. And that's because while markets may go down in the short term, economics teaches us that they will ultimately rise if given enough time. In essence, market risk is the risk that the market will be down when you need to withdraw your funds, not that they'll go down and stay there. This makes it relatively easy for your financial planner to reduce or eliminate the impact of market risk on your overall success, but not necessarily on your psyche. We work really hard to determine how much of your invested assets you might need in the short term, in the intermediate term, and in the long term, so that we always have low volatility assets available to meet short intermediate needs, and more volatile, but more profitable assets for your long term needs. Often though, the psychological impact of seeing values drop frightens new investors into sabotaging their plans. Again, this is a risk that can be managed so as not to have a long-term impact on your financial success. A third and much neglected risk by the public, but one that's keen to advisors is reinvestment risk. This can best be illustrated uh, through a look at bank CD rates. Many retirees in the 90s or earlier were able to invest their retirement nest eggs in FDIC-guaranteed certificates of deposit, earning anywhere from 6 to 8% annual interest. This allowed many retirees to generate a comfortable income without having to touch their principal. But once rates on these instruments dropped to 3%, 2%, and now even less than 1%, these same conservative investors found themselves forced to either dramatically lower their standard of living or begin invading their principal. Many consumers have literally spent themselves broke due to reinvestment risk. Thankfully, many more realized the dilemma they were in and sought out other investment alternatives. But reinvestment risk is a significant concern, not only for fixed investments like CDs, but also for holders of bonds who might see their income substantially changed when their bonds mature. The fourth major risk is inflation risk, and it's one that's been front and center in the news lately. The idea that rising prices will impact your purchasing power is an important factor that professional advisors have always had in mind. It's not enough to produce a steady income stream, but it's equally important for financial success to make sure that clients have the capacity to generate an increasing income stream. For long-term college planners, we've also seen prices rise dramatically. So what you think is gonna pay for college today might only pay for a fraction when your student actually graduates. This is important to all aspects of the financial planning process. It's a consideration in evaluating the choices between a fixed pension and a rollover, as well as when constructing portfolios. Stocks and real estate offer the best inflation hedges And that's part of the reason that younger investors are advised to have more stocks than elderly investors, given that inflation becomes a greater issue the longer your investment horizon. Think about the fact that a dollar's worth of purchasing power in 1926 would only get you 15 cents worth today, and a government bond bought in 26 would only be worth $22 today. Given the loss of purchasing power, that's a return of only 7% over 94 years. In contrast, a similar $1 investment in the S&P 500 would have grown to over $10,945 by today. Deducting for inflation, it still represents a 10,000% return. Last but not least, I want to consider interest rate risk. Interest rate risk primarily affects bonds, but it can also impact dividend-paying stocks as well. Let's think about your interest rate in very simple terms. If you pay $10,000 for a bond with a 3% coupon, you could expect to receive $300 a year of interest and your $10,000 back when the bond matures, usually in about 30 years. Now let's consider that interest rates go up overall, and a newly issued bond is paying 4%. That means that someone shopping for a $10,000 bond can expect to get $400 a year and their principal back in 30. Now, you can understand that no one would want to pay full price for your bond paying $300 when they can get one for $400. And in fact, your bond would be worth about $7,500 because $300 divided by $7,500 equals 4%. Similarly, if interest rates were to drop to 2, your bond would be worth $12,500. This is the reason that bond prices in general drop when interest rates go up and bond prices rise when interest rates decline. Thankfully for us, there are some mitigating issues we can take advantage of to allow us to hold bonds during volatile rate periods. Some factors that are impactful are maturities, as shorter maturity bonds move less up and down than longer maturity bonds. Also, lower credit quality bonds might be less impacted by interest rate moves than they are by credit upgrades. Foreign bonds might be experiencing entirely different interest rate dynamics. Um, And finally, variable interest rate bonds may offer a buffer against rate movements. All of these factors, plus specific supply and demand attributes, help your advisor minimize the impact of rate changes on your portfolio. Whew, that's a lot to digest. But just know that there are even more lesser risks that your advisor is considering day in and day out country and currency risks, political risks, industry-specific risks, regulatory risks, and more. Thank goodness you don't have to hear about them all every day or you might not have the confidence to invest at all. Thank goodness, too, that you have a team doing that worrying for you. So, which was the most surprising to you? Which risk did you think was a bigger issue than you, than you thought? No matter what your relationship with risk is, Houseman Financial is here to do the worrying for you. Does your portfolio need a risk assessment? Call us today. Our number is in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review today. We'd love to hear from you. Click the link in the show notes to talk to a Houseman Financial advisor and get your money questions answered.